hello, everybody. Welcome back. And thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Talking Each Other Home. Uh, this is a podcast and a place where we can come and have candid and open conversations about all things, spirit stuff, connection, ritual, psychedelics, pretty much anything that will help enlighten and empower our journeys as we walk and talk each other home. I am your host, Danny, and joining me today, I have Tanya, just this queen, goddess, primal energy, mother, uh, uh, and we have the most awesome conversation. I met her when I was camping with the Fit for Service group in Sedona, and our relationship has just sort of, you know, snowballed and, and we've gotten closer over the last couple of years and even more close this year. And we talk about so many things, you guys, she's been nomadic for the last five years. We talk about her journey through being married for 17 years, opening up their relationship and then going through a divorce. So we talk a little bit about relationships and shadow work. We talk about plant medicine and psychedelics and how her and her girls connect to nature um, having been living in an RV for five years and going between living in the States and experiencing the jungle and living in Costa Rica. So this was a very interesting, very amazing conversation. And we close it out with something that's very new and exciting for Tanya and something that she's starting this whole group and teaching. And I'm part of the group. I'm so excited. Um, but it's learning about our cycle and how to honor our cycle. And basically there's four different archetypes. There's four different things that happen during the month long cycle. So there's four different energies that happen. And I don't want to get too much into it, but that's kind of what we close out with. So if you've been curious about how to harness your feminine energy and um, flow with nature and flow with yourself and flow with the universe, instead of shoving it under the rug and acting like it doesn't exist, this is going to be an amazing podcast for you. I enjoyed this so much. I'm still super lit up by it. And um, yeah, I hope you all enjoy. All right. I'll see you on the next one. Peace and love. Namaste. And it's a full moon right now. So happy full moon. <laughs> okay. Hi, it's me again. One more thing. So if you're enjoying this content and the guests that I'm having on, and it's helping enlighten and empower your journey, or maybe somebody that, you know, um, there are a couple ways that you can give back. And so if you're listening on Spotify or any other kind of podcast hosting platform, uh, leaving a five-star review would be greatly appreciated. And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can like comment, subscribe, any of those things would be great. It helps me and helps the channel. I, I love comments too. Like if I'm always taking suggestions and if you want to give back in another way there, I just started a Patreon. So that's pretty cool, new and exciting. Uh, and there's a sliding scale of ways that you can give back and get involved. There's even monthly group calls with me or even one-on-one -on -one calls. But either way, I always love to hear from you guys. I love comments. I love suggestions. And I create this content as medicine for myself, but also for you as well. So if there's burning desires or questions that you have that you want answered, please feel free to email me, um, danny at dannyreardon.com or leave a comment on YouTube uh, get a hold of me some way. I, I would love to hear from you. And um, I appreciate any sort of giving back that you would like to contribute. Even if it's just a good energy and you're sending me love, that's perfectly fine too. Okay. That's enough for now. Enjoy the episode. Mm. Tanya, welcome to talking to each other home. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. 
Thank you for having me. This is going to be such a fun conversation. Thank you. Oh my goodness. I think so too. I don't, I don't really know where it's going to go or end up, but there's so many amazing things that we can talk about. So I'm not even, I'm not even concerned about it at all. In fact, I'm just worried, like, are we going to have enough time to talk about all of these amazing things? Cause I feel like each little topic that we discussed before can be its own podcast and course, like eight week course, probably. Um, and just to give people a little bit of a background on how I met you. So I've recorded a couple things about me going to Sedona and like sort of my, you know, last year was my first year. This time was this, um, my second time. And so everybody I've talked about camping and then the, the things that I've done outside of that, but Tanya is the person at the center. She's like the heart of the soul rising <laughs> camp and she puts it all together. She makes it like little homes for us. And like, this is where you go tent Tentlandia and like all of these different things. So Tanya's kind of been our camp mama and been putting together all of these things for us. And so that's how we met was actually in Sedona, in the red dirt, doing self-improvement work and spiritual stuff and kind of getting down and dirty inside and outside. Um, and I really, I really have to thank you because you opened up my world so much to camping outside. And I remember showing up with Mallory and I was like, yeah. Well, we have hammocks, but hammocks, but I don't know what to do with it. And you were like, all right, come here. You had your phone and you were like, Shane, get over here. And you were like, help them. And, and I just, you really <laughs> like took us in, in such a beautiful way and really changed the landscape of how I think about camping in Sedona. And like, it's, it was a really big experience both years for me and you were at the center of that. So I just want to say thank you before we start. Oh, thank you. You're so welcome. I love, I love, love, love um, hosting Soul Rising Camp. Um, and even like it got bigger this year and it was a whole lot, but I loved every second of all of the logistics and, and being able to welcome everyone to what feels like my backyard and, and my home. Um, and I'm so happy that you had a great experience. We have another girl that I just ran into. It was her first time camping this year. And she camped and loved it and went home and sold all of her things and is now moving into an RV after just camping for two weeks. So, <laughs> oh my goodness, what a huge impact. And yeah. maybe, maybe that's a good place for us to jump off is because you've been nomadic for over five years now and, and living in your mm -hmm. RV and bouncing between the US and Costa Rica. And I think that's like a, like something that's very, um, in people's awareness this year. I think I talk to somebody every day and they're like, oh, I've always thought about going in an RV or that's our plan. So I, I'd like to know a little bit about your journey doing that and how it is with two kids and traveling between countries basically. So just, yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. So we started full-time RVing. It was, yeah, over five years ago. And um, it was this realization of, like the biggest piece of it was, I don't want my kids to know there's a normal. And so I really wanted to break out and break free and go do what it was that we wanted to do and expose them to a lot of different cultures and people living their lives differently and doing different things. Um, and so we did that and we were off grid for um, about three years of that mostly. And it really was a lot of time focused on ourselves, Like, mm -hmm just our priorities, our health was a big one to like health and family and out in nature. It's like that, that connection piece was so amazing to bring back. Um, 
and, and it hasn't left. Um, we are, <laughs> I feel like so disengaged from the rest of, of the world now. Um, but it's given us such a beautiful experience. And then we, we found Costa Rica and Costa Rica has been this big giant open arm, like jungle hug, like whatever you need, how can we get you to stay here? How can we help? It has been so beautiful there. And we have a really strong spiritual community that we're surrounded by down there. Uh, my daughters have always been homeschooled. So I've homeschooled them the time throughout our time RVing. Um, and down in Costa Rica, we've actually found a school that they attend down there. And it's like, it reminds me of like a, a school for superheroes. Like, <laughs> um, and it's just like, we get to, we're giving them the chance to flourish in what feels good for them and not not necessarily here's the curriculum forced upon them but what is alive for you and and how can we how can we fan those flames um and it's a really different approach and really mindful and beautiful and it's in the middle of the jungle um yeah it's it's been it's been a wild wild ride of of self-discovery and um really for our family um we're pretty good traditions now um you know and, and i'm navigating divorce through all of this as well and um i think it kind of luckily being mobile and being um independent has really helped that process along a little bit but um yeah we've really been able to to bounce around and see a lot and experience some incredible things and there's no possible way that we will be going back to any type of normal life <laughs> if you will <laughs> I keep thinking like why is why isn't that the American dream you know like the American dream has its own you know it's thing and it's blah 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 but for me when I hear you I'm like that is the dream and and also I I feel like there's a lot of bravery to be able to break out of the social norm and to go nomadic and to you know do the homeschool thing and to raise things that are not normal. Um, for me, it seems like a lot of bravery and independence on your part to like spearhead that. Thank you. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I feel very strongly about being a mother. Mm. Um. And I, I want them to grow up in a different world. I want them to experience things differently. And so it's been like, I know that I'm the only one that's going to give them that. Like I have to make those changes. They have to see me stepping up and making those changes to see that they can do that too. You know, so it's that, that piece of embodiment that is so important um, for me to, and, and sometimes it's hard, especially with young kids and they're like scared to do things or like, and I don't want to do Like I think about cold water. Yeah. I hate, 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 hate cold water. I'll do cold plunges. Once I'm in there, it's fine. That anxiety of getting in, but it's like, if my kids are around and watching all of a sudden I have to act like that, that fear is, is not there because I'm, I don't want to put that in their head. I want them to be able to decide for themselves what is, what is hard and, and too much. And, um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes that can be, can be scary and push you past your limits. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really cool way to look at it. Um, okay. What's been like the, 
So I guess for all those newbies out there that are curious about RV life and they're like, I want to, even if they want to get one just to travel in for a couple months out of the year, or maybe they're like, I want to throw away this normal life and go into the RV, connect with nature. Like, what would you say? What's a couple piece of pieces of advice that like, maybe you wish you knew at the beginning or that you could pass down to newbies on the, on the road? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. <sighs> Simplify. Like it, it doesn't have to be fancy or difficult. Um, it's, it's finding what you, what you need. And then when you, the beautiful piece is like, you get there and you have your whole house and then you find out, Oh, it turns out I don't even need all of these things, right? When you build that connection with nature and and with yourself, again, it's like the things really, really just become things. Um, I would say really try to, I would suggest connecting, trying to get online and connecting with um, other nomadic groups. That was really helpful, especially for families. Um, you know, luckily my girls are 14 months apart, so they're really close. They're best friends, mm -hmm. but they like to have kids around and kids aren't always around, especially when we're living in the middle of the forest. Uh, but we have been able to find other groups and families that are traveling um, and we'll go off grid and all camp together and it's a blast. So that's really helped to find community. And then you get to like the continual, the continual tips and tricks along the ways and you get to see how people have set up their solar and, and different ways to do things. So there's just, you don't have to go in with everything figured out. Um, but I definitely would dive into some, some major pieces along the way, know what you're doing, because the learning curve can be really, really steep if you have no clue, but yeah, but taking like stepping, like just that courage piece is really, really the biggest, because I have tons of people ask me about this. How do you do it? How do you do it? How do you do it? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just that action that actually that stepping up and saying, I want this bad enough to make a change that's the piece that I think is the hardest. And then, you know, the rest is going to fall into place, but courage. courage. <laughs> courage to I love, I love that. And I heard this thing the other day about courage and confidence and how sometimes we have situational confidence. So like when we're in a certain place and we're doing a certain thing, we have, we have confidence at the, I was talking to a high school team. So I'm like, okay, when you're competing at home or when you're, you know, against this team that, you know, you're better than you have situational confidence, but core confidence is built from having courage first. Mm -hmm. And after you have courage first enough times then you're confident in yourself. So for me, that's what just came up when you said that, like it starts with courage, taking the first step. And then you confidence comes along the way and even courage of like changing a tire and lighting a fire and like things that like, I think would take courageousness because I don't RV often. I, I barely mm -hmm. know how to hang up a hand, a hammock. Um, so all of the other things to me are like, yep, that's courageous <laughs> AF. Um, and I just, one more question <sighs> on this topic is like connecting to nature. What's that been like, uh, you know, out of the, the cities and the sort of the concrete jungle, what do you do with your girls or what's a way that you guys connect to nature, um, maybe differently than the normalcy? Um, 
Well, we've done a couple of things. One thing I will say that's a little bit, it's available to most people um, is the national parks, using the national parks and the regional parks. We use that for our homeschool curriculum, their junior ranger programs, but there's oh. some really fantastic rangers that will spend time with the kids and the adults too. And it's such a great way to learn about your environment. They know about the plants and the animals. So taking the time to listen to people speak about these things um, has, is, is super important. Um, and then just getting quiet and, and still in, in anywhere in nature. Um, it's like where, wherever you are and finding the sun, that's my biggest thing is like parking my RV to make sure that the sun is going to hit us as much as possible. But like starting my sun, like starting the day with the sunrise and the sunset is my most favorite way to connect with nature. Like just starting the day with the beautiful colors and feeling the warmth right as it starts that day and then watching it fade away in the beautiful display it puts on, especially in Arizona, we're super spoiled with beautiful sunsets. Um, that's one of my absolute favorite ways. And then um, with Costa Rica, being in the jungle there and just watching the wildlife is so, so incredible. Again, it's just like, it's observing. I love to be in nature and observe, you know, and realize like, I'm part of this, mm -hmm. part of not separate from, but part of all of this that's going on. Mm -hmm. that's so, so <laughs> warm and fuzzy in my body what a cool yeah. thing what a cool thing to experience and a cool thing to give your kids to and so they can grow up like already connecting versus figuring out when we're 30 it took me like years until I probably until I quit bodybuilding it was I was probably like 27 or 28 when I was like oh there's nature <laughs> nature and actually after a mushroom experience I was um, walking around like the lake at my house and all the trees had their own personality. And I was <laughs> like, this one's a grandma. This one's like watching over the lake. And then all of a sudden now trees to me after that experience, totally different. I see the things so different. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to be a kid and growing up with that mentality versus <laughs> having to do psychedelics and then figure it out. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, the the imagination and like places we get to go. We were just at um, Joshua Tree National Park the other day, and I want to go back there. You can camp right at the base of the boulders, and the kids could just climb all day and find little caverns and stuff to to hang out in. It looks like I'm like I want to be a kid again. Oh wait, I can't. Like nothing stopping me from going and doing the same exact thing as they are. <laughs> um, you know, and it's fun, and then you feel primal too. Like I don't know how many how many rivers I've gone through in Costa Rica where it's like slippery. So you're down low, making sure you don't fall. And I just like feel the feline in me come out and it's super primal and, Oh, it feels so amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. I was going to say, I was going to say Panther when I when you were like crawling mm -hmm. across the rocks, I could see it and feel it. And what a cool way to activate like our root chakra. I don't think we get that enough. Um, in like our normal day, like how often do we get on all fours unless you get to go to a yoga class or something yeah. and like crawl around and feline feminine, like that whole thing too is cool to connect mm -hmm. with the earth in that way. Ooh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, 
So I guess talking about plants. So now we're on that. And I guess I just mentioned psychedelics. So maybe we should go into connecting to the earth in that way. Yeah. Um, so people on my channel know I've talked about ayahuasca before. I've talked about mushrooms um, and different other things that I've done and experienced. And just curious, like, what's your favorite medicine? I know that you've experienced uh, experimented with a couple of them. What's one that's like really in your heart? Oh, I feel like ayahuasca this last year was really, mm. it was such an incredible experience. It was so profound. And the state that I was in before I went into the ceremony was really open and beautiful as well. Mm. Um, it just, it, it's amazing too, because it has transformed my all of my journeys afterwards. Like I can feel ayahuasca when I take psilocybin now. Um, you know, I sometimes even with cannabis, like sometimes, which I never have visuals with, but sometimes all of a sudden, like there's little pieces of it that she'll come through. I'm like, what is this magic? <laughs> She's like, boop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that um, I was a absolute no for ayahuasca um it hadn't been something that really called to me I felt like everyone around me was doing it and there was part of me that felt like oh I'm missing out but that was not a, a good enough reason for me to to go and and try um and I remember seeing a flyer for this ceremony and it didn't say what the medicine was so I was like mm, if it's ayahuasca then I'm not going to do it um, and a few weeks went by and I actually talked to the woman that was um, helping facilitate the ceremony and she told me who was going to be there who was going to be facilitating everything fell off and it was just like a 100% yes I want to be here mm. for this it was just, it was mostly women and uh, facilitators pregnant or coming back from maternity leave it was just this beautiful feminine container um, and it felt very very safe and very sure. Like I said, it was all of a sudden it was the switch flipped and it was like, yes, this is a yes for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, the experience was so incredible. The people that I met in that ceremony are going to be people that I know I will know for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and the piece of ceremony music experiencing that, and I just got to experienced that with Amanda the other day, um, with the psilocybin ceremony. Holy cow. Um, I'm really sensitive to, to sound and music and, oh, wow. Her voice is so, so amazing, but just music and ceremony in general. I love, um, I love the feeling of that. I love what it adds. Um, and I just, I like that ceremony space that feels when I experienced it just the other day it was like oh, we are so far off this is this is what matters like all of all of these traumas that we have everything that's all of the problems it's like this agreed excess that we don't need it's just this this moment of of song and connection to heart and to nature and to self and like this is all that that matters you know and I love those those moments and ceremony of aha, aha, mm -hmm. you know, 
And then it's that I just have this massive pull in me to, okay, now how do I make this change, you know, in my life? How do, not just for me, but, but for my kids, because the change that I see is really huge, you know? Um, and I'm so happy to know like women like you, other people that are, are, you know, opening their hearts and opening their voices and it's, things are changing and I'm around people that are stepping into this and it's, it gives me so much hope and there's so much excitement for myself and for the kids, you know, for the future. That's so good. Mm. That's so nice. Um, and is the change that you experienced like something that you see changing within the world and you just felt it within yourself, like a really big change? Is it you like owning something that you haven't before? Cause a lot of people ask me, what do you get out of ayahuasca? What do you get out of mushrooms or, or doing psilocybin or anything like that? And, you know, it depends on how you show up and what you're ready for and how open you are. And like, you know, so I've had experiences where I come in just wanting the experience and not really feeling called to it. And I think we talked about this before about discernment and actually feeling called to do something. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, like what that big change was that you felt. Um, well, when in ayahuasca ceremony, what I, what I saw was what I would have to step into. It's like who I would have to step into in order to do the work that I wanted to do. Um, and it was that moment of like, oh, wow, you really got to put your big girl pants on. <laughs> can you, can you do that? You know, it's, it's a big part of that too is, is defeating like the people pleaser in, in me and like the miss nice and don't hurt anybody's feelings. And like, no, no, you're your discernment, like other people need your discernment as well. And you need to speak up. You need to be able to, to speak your piece. Um, and so that was really, really scary for me. And it was just, um, yeah, it feels like a deep, like a, like a, I don't know, again, a primal, like a thud, like this is just a, you have to do this. Like the knock is strong enough to, to push me to know that, that like this, this matters and this is important. And I don't know how I feel like it's confusing to explain sometimes because, and that, uh, intuition, right. How do you explain intuition? It's like these feelings that I have in my body when they're this strong, I don't ignore those ones mm. and those of what have led me to where I am today. And sometimes I can look kind of messy, but <laughs> I think on the grand scale, um, you know, I feel like I'm living a pretty extraordinary life and, and showing my kids a lot of possibilities. So, yeah, so yeah, it's, sorry, got off track there, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it really, I felt like showed, showed me who I had to be mm. to step into and, and that I, that I could be and then other medicine chef ceremonies have shown me like that that higher self, this, this woman or this, I don't even feel like woman is the word. It's just like this strong being that, that nothing touches. Like it was, it was an experience with like a ketamine meditation where it was so quiet and silent and it was just, Oh, silly, your crown fell off. Just put it back on. No big deal. And it was like, here I am on the external, like 
just just spiraling and dying and all of this <laughs> ick you know and it was just like so gentle and so easy mm-hmm. and um I tend to be really hard and aggressive and think that things need to be like that in order to change and it's really beautiful to step into a medicine space and see what nature what that mother has in store for you like how how loving can that be how can you be shown in a gentle way so that's been beautiful (laughs) I love it I love that oh silly your crown just fell off just put it back on like it feels so (laughs) do you feel like that's um something that like most women need to hear Yeah. Yeah. Because I think like, I know, but at least for me, it's like, like little things feel like they're such big deals and little mistakes. And it's because I wasn't, there wasn't room for a mistake. Like it was perfection, perfection, you know, and always striving for that and do all of the things. And then like building ego in that space of like, okay, yeah, I can do all of the things I'm good at that. And let me keep that going. You know, it's, ah, it's um that's a tough place to to be in and I'm so happy to be able to see those and be able to let some of those slide away like this it doesn't have to be this this aggressive you know do you think (laughs) from your background being an athlete like that trained you to like be like get it done be perfect and get the goal or whatever it is yeah I definitely the the athlete in me is very strong, but it's also like, really, it was my relationship with my father because that fueled a lot of my, um, my drive in competition for softball. I mean, I was talented and I was coachable and I was felt like I had, I had natural talent there, but proving him that I could, uh, proving to him that I could, you know, do something when he said I couldn't was a big driver, you know? I tend to be that way. Like, okay, yeah, tell me I can't do something, <laughs> you know? Um, but then and now I'm like, well, that's no way to live your life. Like trying to prove someone wrong. Luckily, I really enjoyed the game as well. And it got me a scholarship and like, you know, it, and it really helped my, I really enjoy the masculine that the, that the athlete world gave to me um, because it really helps me structure and stay disciplined. Um, so there's, there's good pieces in there, of course, but yeah, that, that competitiveness, I think really was stemmed more so with my relationship with my dad. Mm. And how did you, so I guess <laughs> let's go into like shadowy stuff. Cause this kind of feels mm-hmm. like digging in those places and peeling off the layers of the onion. Cause it's like, okay, why are you so motivated to the best? Okay. Go a little bit deeper. And like, um, how did you start to figure out your relationship with your dad, um, in the athlete world? Cause that's something that's curious to me now, because I always had to be a really good athlete. I had to be like almost the best in the world. And there was like all of these things driving me. Of course I love the game, but I wonder if there's something else like lurking there. Yeah. Um, for me, it all got triggered and like brought into awareness in, in relationship um, and doing spiritual work and having a different, like a new understanding and new resources for like, here's what's going on. Um, and then being open to seeing those things. 
And then maybe you understand them. You're like, oh yeah, I do that. But then your body is like, I'm not changing. <laughs> you might, you might get it, but we're not changing. We're not, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, really it, it showed up a lot in relationship and having a partner that um, is very honest and dedicated to growth and being able to um, help see these things in me and work with me as I didn't want them to die off. <laughs> uh, but he really helped me identify um, a lot of my patterns and it just, I was open to that um, to some degree. Like, I think it was really hard for him to confront me in a lot of ways because I'm really defensive. You know, again, more came up with more <laughs> shadow work involved there with with stuff with my dad. Um, but committing and being in a relationship where growth is, um, you know, the priority is really what brought that awareness out. Um, and allowed me to start, you know, following the lines and seeing where some of these things come from and, um, you know, how it affects my attachment style and, you know, the, the needs and the wants that come up within myself. So, yeah, I would say like the change was opening my mind to these things and then being immersed in relationship and then with the spiritual community like it's just everywhere I couldn't avoid it for the last two years <laughs> so you said committed to growth I think that's like a, I think that's a really important thing um for people to hear in relationship because I heard Ram Das say something one time and he's like a lot of people say are we with the right person and they they kind of mold us over in their head a lot am I in the right relationship blah 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 but it's like, are you evolving in the relationship? And I think when you're committed to evolution and into growth, sometimes it doesn't so much matter so much. I mean, everything's growth, right? Like you said, you had a, was it a 17 year marriage and then mm -hmm. ended up getting a divorce. And so I'm sure that was a lot of growth and shadow work that you had to go through with that. Um, yeah. yeah. And how did you know it was time to go? Like what, and I guess for the, let's like go, I guess the shadow and relationships kind of go hand in hand. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm curious kind of like when you got the hit that it was time to, um, well, honestly, it was not that, that way there was the hit of, Hey, it's time we separate. We need some time apart mm -hmm. to work on a lot of things as we opened our marriage without, having a clue what we were doing basically <laughs> we did not have the the resources we had no idea what we were stepping into and so it just triggered the shit out of everything um and there was then a lot to self-reflect on um and so there was like okay this is a situation that's no longer healthy for us to be in you know full time together with the kids especially living in an rv it's tough to you know have private conversations and, and not be able to fill all the emotion that's here. So, um, so we took our, our time and really focused on ourselves and did healing there. Um, but I got to a point just in May where I was like, you know, do we want to, do we want to work on this again? Because it wasn't like the separation in my mind wasn't permanent. It was, you know, we need to 
we need to heal some things and come back together but he hasn't wanted to to try to put things back together I think he's pretty happy with his current situation and um so that's why we went ahead and and went through with the divorce and knowing that too that the piece of paper doesn't determine what type of relationship we can have we can still build whatever is whatever we want you know beyond this um and i'm lucky that um we have a very healthy relationship and supportive. He's still full-time RVing as well. We typically park together most of the time. So the girls feel really supported. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there's, I don't, I don't know. There was, there's never, I'm not a, I, I can't really speak too much on when is it time to go? I mean, I've like only had one major long relationship and and I wasn't at a point where I was ready to let that go and then like being in my my other partnership you know I question myself all the time now like as I've discovered so much about myself I question whether I should be in a relationship right now mm -hmm. you know is, is there it's a lot to hold um, and I'm so thankful to have support, but like, then there's the days that I'm, you know, not happy with the way I show up and, and worry how that comes down the line. But again, in a partnership where you're committed to growth, there's, there's a little more compassion and a little more patience and, and forgiveness involved. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I feel like I can see it in some people when they're done. Like I feel like you, you know it in your body. The four centers is something that I write. I like to um, refer to. Um, I heard it on Juliet Allen's podcast, and she talks about your connection with um, anybody else. You know, there's there's four places. So your mind, your heart, your intuition, and your sex center. You know, and so what what is turned on with you know one person could be totally different with another you know you see that high, hot guy across the room and that's you know sex centers lighten up like crazy but you don't know what else is available there yet and then you know with with my kids you know my heart and my mind and my intuition those are you know super on fire and um so I think it's really interesting to look at relationships that way and evaluate like where where do we connect and what is like a full four center fuck yes <laughs> you know <laughs> like when all the lights are on then <laughs> bing 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 okay that's a really cool way to look at relationships and you know it's interesting I feel like the open relationship thing has gotten a lot of craze it's been like a thing that a lot of people have tried or that think is cool and I just I, I admire your ability to say that, like, we got into something that we had no idea what we were doing and opening up. And I think that's good for people to hear because I think they hear people like Aubrey talk about it, for example, and his experience with it. But now he's actually in a, you know, monogamous committed relationship. So it's just interesting to hear how people try it. And then it actually ends up going another way. Like, would you, would you consider it again? Or is that something that's like, nope, tried it. It's not something that's for me. So it's, it's really, it's a, again, the mind shift is like, oh, this makes sense in a lot of, a lot of ways. Um, I'm certainly gun shy now because in my experience, I opened up my relationship and a bomb went off. Like 
like Shane came into the picture and showed me a totally different way to love and set again those full you know those four centers and everything in my body telling me like something is really important here don't look away from this Mm. um and but but like I didn't know that's what that I wasn't expecting that piece you know like we should have been going to like play parties or something like because we were just looking to experience something a little more being married for 17 years being each other's you know one and only like let's let's expand a little bit here but yeah I don't know the way that we went about it just open things up and and that's the scary part you just don't you never know what you're you're inviting in at the end of the day things could massively change and it's that's scary you know but also learn that on the other side of fear you know there's there's a lot there but it it's really a big big personal responsibility um a lot of personal accountability a lot of self-love um and a lot of communication yes <laughs> the sex is like the very very tiny piece yeah right <laughs> that makes so much sense and everybody puts that as like the biggest pillar of it like oh well you get this but it's like well wait a minute <clears throat> well who are you and how are you and what are you doing in this whole space so it's there's so much more to it than just that little that little piece of it um yeah. and I guess talking like about the- fast track to personal growth really um because it's just it triggers everything real quick yeah (laughs) even thinking about it like triggers me in a way like I don't think I could I'm just not I don't know if I'm evolved enough or done enough work but I don't think there's nervous system stuff that happens when I think about it Mm because I would like to get to the place where I'm evolved and I've done enough work on myself where I feel really confident you know that's a whole narrative that I have in my head I'm like I would love to be that strong woman that's like okay with that um Mm -hmm. but I just I haven't met her yet (laughs) like I don't know her yet in here um (laughs) and so I have a so when you said you met Shane and like I want to just talk about the importance of men's work and women's work and then go into the Mm -hmm. stuff that you're creating now with the cyclic women's group and understanding our cycles um and like the importance of doing conscious I guess men's work. Cause I think there's a lot of men that listen to this and women's work. Cause I know that you've been able to see both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just want to talk about the importance of doing that and maybe even having your two separate male, female groups that you do it with versus everybody's doing personal development and it's co-ed. What, what are the beauties of doing it? You know, separate. Um, I, so what I really love to do is, is do the men's and women's work individually and then bring them back together and discuss what it is that they've learned about themselves and sharing that with the other so we can understand one another better like bridging that gap um in my experience for women there's such a strong desire and need for closeness with women and women's circles and what comes out of those is so beautiful um and same thing for men men need a place to to go and feel right and to be held by other men like it's it's breaking down a lot of barriers there's so much competition on both ends between you know other women and between men 
and to be in spaces when that when that doesn't exist mm. it's it's just a whole nother level right things feel so beautiful there um and I think like I I have I did not grow up with a ton of girlfriends I, I played softball and so I had like my tomboy friends and that that was great but they were never deep close relationships um and it was always just my my marriage or you know my partnership that was that was where everything was that was my best friend that was you know where all the secrets were it's just it was just that one person it's so much to hold so I love now having a group of women and having friends that I know I can call and sometimes just be a bitch or just bitch and vent right <laughs> instead of like spewing that on my partner and like blaming and directing like it's alive for me but it's not appropriate for me to put it there but mm. you know it feels nice to be able to call other women and vent but then also have them like see me and understand me but also hold me accountable and to, to who I want to be mm. you know um and that's what's important too about doing this type of women's work is that it's not that we're not brewing toxic femininity, you know, you know, it's not like, Oh, he did that to you. Let's go sled his tires and let's do this. And like, how dare, you know? Yeah. It's, it's the honesty that we need to bring to one another that's available in these spaces when we get to know one another and trust one another and can keep each other accountable. And like to have that, that piece blooming, I think is, so helpful in my life because I know I need, I need more opinions. I need to reach out. I need to, um, cause yeah, I need some different views because when you're in the middle of it, right. It's so tough to, to see your way out or see anything, but your two options. So, mm. um, but yeah, these, these spaces are just needed. They're needed and they're so they're so beautiful. The tears, the strength, the screams, like the power, the vulnerability and the rawness that is available in those circles is unlike anything I've experienced. Um, and like I said, then to bring that together at the end so that we can start to understand one another, I think is what we try to do at least. <laughs> that's why that's a shame that I've tried to do it at Soul Rising and other um, events that we've put together. Um, yeah. So we can create some more compassion. Yeah. I love that. I love it so much. And I, I finally felt the feeling of, um, sisterhood, like actually going to Sedona the first time was like a real close, like it was like becoming very online for me, like, Oh, the femininity, like having your girls around. And when I was going through trouble with my husband and we were all like on the brink of a divorce, kind of, we moved to Florida and then I started to go to cacao circles and I'm like, Oh, what are these? Like, this is kind of fun. We could pull cards. And, and part of me at first wanted him to come, you know, cause he was like my one and only, this was the person I shared everything with. I didn't have any deep mm -hmm. girlfriends when I was in bodybuilding because it was mostly guys that I was you know, yeah. just around and our friends were together. And then I finally was like, oh, I actually, I actually don't want him to come to the Reiki circle. I don't even know if he would like it anyway. And me just wanting him to come is like my insecurity or something. And then I figured <laughs> out that like, he doesn't have to be my girlfriend too. He can be what he is to me, like an amazing partner, but he doesn't also have to be like one of my girls. And, um, that was a really big thing. And then 
this most recent time doing ayahuasca, I had this vision where it was like this divine sisterhood. And we were all like standing at the top of a hill or a mountain. And it was about my grand. A lot of it was about my grandmother. She was like this matriarch in the middle and she started this whole thing. And she's like 85 now. So it was her and my mom and my aunt and me and my sister. And then all of our soul sisters. And we were all holding hands, super proud at the top, at the top of a mountain and just strung together by this thread of love. And I kept feeling this mm-hmm. thread, this love sutra that binds all of us. Cause I was thinking in my head, like, what is it that we can call each other at any time of the day and we'll listen. And what is it that we would do anything to support the other? Like, what is this thing? And that whole ceremony for me just came back to like, love, 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 sisterhood, love, femininity, love. It was just all of that. Um, And so that mm-hmm. was- that was like really big for me. And now I'm really excited about the cyclic women's group that you're starting with us and starting to learn about our cycles. And I think that this past, like a couple months ago, when you guys were talking about the different, like even colors and phases and archetypes, um, I was like, oh, so there's a way to honor our cycle instead of being acting like it's like not a thing. We just don't talk about it. Like it's just, and now you've kind of really awakened a whole new thing in me. And I think it's helping me honor my goddess even more and feel like a sacred feminine, just like powerhouse versus just this little like, oh, I can do it. Or I'm either like a housewife or a sex symbol for me, <laughs> like being, you know, being in the fitness industry, you take pictures and you're like naked. you like, you don't work out to wear sweaters. Um, and so it was like, either you're this or you're <clears throat> sex symbol. So now you're helping me sort of be all of those things and then more. So I guess I want to like, just kind of briefly go into the cyclic group that you're doing and how it's come online for you. Like why? Yeah. Just, I guess your story about how that's come to be. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the archetype language has always really worked for me and I went to a women's circle in Costa Rica and it was like this women's activation and I just thought it was going to be another share circle and then all of a sudden they start talking about these four archetypes so I hear archetypes right away and I'm like ding what um and they talk about you know the moon phases and the different energies that that they that they feel throughout the cycles and all the, like the light bulbs were just going off in my head like crazy all of like the webs were connecting and I wanted to run out of there and just start writing stuff because I was like oh I know this is it this is it this is so exciting um and I've had a lot of fun um learning about my cycle this way and about myself again come like totally peeling off all of these layers and being at what I feel is like the rock bottom of it um I want to reestablish myself in a way that's really true to myself because my mind has always been in partnership and it's still hard as like, I'm, cause I'm a mom full time. Um, but how can I shift that and really build from what's true within me, you know, and looking at my cycle and noticing the changes that I've had um, throughout the years. Like it, it started for me with looking at my PMS. Cause I always felt like there was just one day where I was just super bitch, you know, I was like, don't talk to me. Don't breathe on me. Don't swallow. Don't chew near, anywhere near my ear. <laughs> and so I like years ago started trying to figure out when that was, and it's like seven to 10 days before my period starts. Um, 
And so with this, I've been able to notice that the big thing was like the maiden energy, because that one, I feel really strong, strongly, especially after my cycle. And it's that, that go mode that get everything done. I feel good. Nothing can stop me. I don't need anybody just right. And that's, um, you know, that's the piece that society loves because she gets everything done. And that's, that's what, that's where we fall down though, is that's where we expect the feminine to stay is that linear pattern, because that's, what's good for society, but that's not what the feminine is. The feminine flows, right. And changes. And so starting to tune into myself and paying attention to when I feel these different energies alive in my body, when, when do I start to kind of slow down and recluse, you know, naturally, um, and being able to chart that with my cycle and then define these different archetypes and play with them has been a lot of fun too. I was joking about open relating. I told Shane, I was like, well, it's still like we're, we're in an open relationship because you have like four different women that, <laughs> that show up. Right. Um, cause you can have a lot of fun and really embody these different archetypes with the way you dress and maybe what jewelry you wear what feels like if you really tune into what feels good and your body what what is this energy what to want to express mm. you know when are you more creative what is your sex life drive like or your sex drive like during these different phases um and then I'm excited too to have um one of our girlfriends talk about um like our actual hormone levels and what's going on medically like behind the scenes and what that that looks like and how we can balance that with nutrition. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's like the beginning piece that we're able to tweak our whole lives around to be able to, to set ourselves up to express what's true to us, like all the time, instead of trying to just stick to one, you know, one piece. Um, and, you know, it's really interesting too, once you start paying attention to these cycles and then like being in the winter, time you know and being where it's colder and feeling naturally like I kind of want to hibernate and and recluse you know and and time to slow down and reflect on the year right and and we get that that opportunity like throughout the whole year but we also get that every month right we have this built-in cycle that we get to use for our growth if we want and it's I'm so excited to rebuild from this place that feels so true to myself and again embodiment I have two young girls they're 10 and 11 like they're like at any moment we could have you know three girls rocking their moon in this RV so um um, and I want them to experience something different you know I want them to to know from the beginning that this is something special that their female body does Um, this is not something to push aside, or this is not something that gets in the way of the rest of your life, but this is something to connect to and that can help you guide your life actually, you know? Mm. So I'm excited to create beautiful ceremonies for them and, and just invite them into something very different than what I, I experienced, you know? Definitely. And I'm guessing, you know, it's like this new generation or this new way of thinking. Cause I know my mom didn't experience anything like this. I certainly didn't. And she wasn't like, mm-hmm. uh, like 
did like, she was very helpful and everything like that. But I think society and being an athlete, it was like, don't, it just wasn't a thing. And then with bodybuilding, I would celebrate when it would go away. Mm. So like my mom and her walking me into that and she was a nurse, she was very helpful with it. Like the medical part of it. Um, yeah. and then it was like, we just don't need that. There's no place for that. It makes you, in fact, when you are lean enough, it goes away. So we're going to mm-hmm. go ahead and celebrate the month that you don't get your period, because that means that your body fat is low enough. So for me, just now hearing about this is so it, it feels like reclaiming your power, like reclaiming yeah. your feminine. And I like how you're calling it establishing her. For me, it feels like reclaiming power and reclaiming that femininity that I don't think has been honored, I guess, or cherished in the way that it should be. And I think in like Native American culture, they also say that women on their cycle shouldn't touch sacred objects because they alter the energy of it. And I was like, okay, so that feels really powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, I guess... I want to know about, and I, like, I know about the archetypes, but people out there listening who this is their first Mm -hmm. time even hearing the word archetype. Can you just go a little bit into those? Yes. So like the four for the cycles. Yeah. Yeah. And what what the word archetype like even Mm -hmm. means. Yeah. So the word archetype, like I I tell the the kids this, because they're always like, what is that? What is that? And so I look at things that like they would know we look at characters and stories um in mythology and we're um you know we still have these archetypes present but we don't tell the stories like we used to anymore but we see them in our movies and we see like you know we talk about Moana my girls are really into um the Hunger Games and we talk about Katniss Everdeen and what she what kind of person she represents and what does she stand for um you know, we talk we you hear the word mother the word mother is an archetype and it's just like what 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 words do you think would describe that mother and it's just like when you look at somebody and something stands out about them you know like uh what's another example like um carolyn miss and sacred contact contract she talks about a new archetype that's online now and it's that's like the computer nerd like this because it's a, it's a real thing. It wasn't around before, but it's like this person that lives underground and, and does all this stuff online. Like that's, that's a real person now. And it's something that um, people recognize and, and possibly strive for um, or identify characteristics of that within themselves, right? It gives them like something bigger to, to imagine something story-like. Um, and so we look at the cycle and the four goddess energies that we're looking at are in connection with the moon phases. So we have um, your maiden phase, which is also represented by like the springtime. Um, this is when like things are coming alive and coming online. Um, and I know for me, like the word maiden is like kind of delicate a little too delicate for me yeah (laughs) but like Artemis Artemis is a a um, maiden goddess right and she is a warrior and she is a huntress so that's also but she is she is um, a virgin goddess she is there for herself and for her own pleasure she's not there to create life like it's just her and her own being um so there's the maiden the mother archetype um my favorite example of this is mother Gaia I mean what what better example is there um the enchantress oh sorry so the mother energy is during like your ovulation phase and this would be the full moon 
Um, and then we move into the enchantress phase, which is premenstrual. And this is when things can get dicey and wiry and highs and lows happen. And there's, there's a lot going on. Um, and this is also the time that we start to go within, you notice like your negative thought patterns might start coming up more. Um, and it's just your subconscious mind starts to take over in this point at this point. And then you move into your uh, menstrual cycle, which is your crone stage. And this is where intuition is stronger. And it's also that winter time where you slow down and you reflect and it's such a beautiful space to be able to look at your whole month and look at what's come up and use that and alchemize that into the following. Like, how can I set myself up very, you know, for this very next month and make these changes within myself and keep myself accountable? Like it's all there and built in. It's so amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's these, so like this, I, I got off track. So the um, enchantress energy, like Kali would be a perfect example of, enchantress um and for the crone oh, i just started listening to this book called the power of the crone which is incredible it gives like so much respect to the abuela energy <sighs> and to this wise woman and her importance oh my gosh um but there's so many fun stories too like baba yaga i love listening to stories about baba yaga um and and the medicine woman, right? And so these are like the different archetypes that we get to play with, but really they're person, they get to be personal for yourself. Like you get to, to fill in, like, what does your maiden energy feel like? What color does she like to wear? How does she like to do her hair? You know, what feels good on her skin? What does she like to do for her workouts? Is, you know, she, you know, versus your crone where maybe you're, more quiet and more reserved and you want to lay down and take time to just journal and write um and maybe do yoga instead and I know me personally I was like oh no this is I'm an athlete so this is my workout for the next 30 days because that's what it's going to take to reach my goals doesn't matter what your energy level is we ignore that <laughs> yeah that's not a thing <laughs> right so yeah this is just a really beautiful way to tap back into to our home oh, to our home <laughs> yeah and speaking of so this podcast is called talking to each other home what is home <laughs> to you what is that oh home that's that's really been an interesting one living nomadically you know um and home has always been something that I, I love to, to decorate and invite people into. And so it's been a little rattling to like, not necessarily have a space where I can do that, or I'm staying in other people's homes. And, and so really, again, defining home for myself and being, feeling at home within myself and knowing that I feel good and strong and confident. And that's how my kids feel as well. Um, especially with them, you know, moving around at, at such a young age, you know, it's, I hope it allows them to be flexible, but also still feel secure if we can build that, that home. And it's, when I think of home though, like I picture, um, I like to be the center of home. I like to bring people to me. I picture like the big pot of soup in the middle and sitting around just a table at dinner the other night, we put everything on the table and just 
past, you know, everything around and just the connection that that brings that warm, cozy space where everybody just comes together and the worries fade away and we're just happy when they're eating and uh, the home is really warm, mm. warm and, and simple. A lot of connection and quiet times, really. I mean, it's it's really so simple. Mm. And I, I know I've complicated things over the years and I'm so happy that I see how simple it can be to just connect. Mm. That's so awesome. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Oh. Man, we talked about a lot and I just remembered you're like an amazing cook too. So we might <laughs> save that for another thing. I just, after you said you made a big meal, I was like, oh yeah, her food's amazing actually. <clears throat> and you were a whole favor flurry thing or favor fairy, favor flurry. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but maybe we'll save that for the uh, next, a uh, next podcast that we can do together. Cause I feel like there's so much that we can talk about, but I guess, is there anything else you want to say about yeah. any of the topics that we talked about or any like kind of closing remarks or anything you want to just that's on your heart that you want to just say? Oh my goodness. Oh, wrap it up. A little wrap it up speech. I don't know. Like the piece that's really standing out to me again is like we touched on courage, right? Mm-hmm. Courage to um, walk the path that is unknown. Um, and I feel like you know, you can do that if you step into a different lifestyle and you move into a van or maybe you decide to visit another country. But I feel like the whole world is being, you know, asked to to step into something new right now, right? With COVID happening and like little aftershocks, I feel like the world keeps shaking us and shaking us to see who's going to dig their claws in and stick around and make the change. And that courage piece is so important. I remember feeling it in me and um, I think it was in June after COVID hit and it was all of a sudden this click of like, oh, this is what I've always felt. Like I've always felt in me that there's something that I'm going to have to stand up to. And at first I was like, oh, is it just, it's, is it going to be standing up to vaccinations for my kids? My kids aren't vaccinated to begin with. So there's no way that this COVID vaccine is happening. And then I realized, no, there's the change is bigger than that. Like you're standing up for, for something so much bigger than that. And, and it's the way we live and it's the way we connect and interact with one another and having the courage to, to do that, knowing that I have so much work to do on myself you know, it's, it's scary, right? When do we, when do we think we're ready to, to step in, but I'm ready now because I'm a mom now and my kids are watching right now. Mm -hmm. And there's other people that I know that are watching and they're waiting for permission that they don't need, but it's still, I know that I can, I can give that. So it's, I I just want to tell people to be open and be courageous and compassionate and loving like it's if we could just do that things would be really really wonderful you know and maybe we could figure out how to share water get people clean water and food 
Like, I love all the AI and technology. It's great. We could do this. But our basic needs still aren't being met. You know, that's, can we, can we, can we have the courage to say, hey, we fucked up here massively. Can we make the changes that are necessary for, for humanity? You know, so we need more courageous people. And I'm so happy that I'm surrounded by them and I'm seeing them step up all the time. Thank you for having this podcast and putting voices mm. out into the world and giving people permission. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your words and your presence <laughs> and your courageousness coming on here and, you know, even launching your group, the cyclic women and going through all like there's, there's so much power emanating from you. And it's primal. Like I, you said, dig your claws in. Like there's so much of that, like primal energy within you. And it's really cool to witness. Um, <laughs> and it's even cool as somebody who's not a mom yet to see a mom um, who is just courageous and standing up and doing it different and like living her truth. And it's just really, it's really inspiring um, to be your friend and in your circle. So I can't wait. I, I'm excited for like our first calls and all the stuff like that, that you have going on. And I have nothing but like, I'm cheering you on. Like you sent those videos in the group and I was like, Tanya, book yeah. I was like, I'm like just cheering for you. So, um, just feel my energy just in your corner, kind of cheering you on. And, um, yeah, thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom and your stories with us. I so appreciate you, Tanya. Yeah, you're welcome again. Thank you for your time. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for coming to camp. Ugh. Thank the you for walking, walking the path and giving your expression to the world. Thank you, Danny. I love you so much. I love you. And uh, <laughs> I guess everybody out there, like, thank you so much for spending your time and energy with us and watching this episode. I appreciate you so much. And um, Tanya, thank you again. And everybody will see you on the next one. Have a wonderful day. Happy full moon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Full moon. Yeah. Full moon vibe, sending it your way. Rituals, moon water, all that good stuff. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, we'll <laughs> see you on the next one. Peace. Mm -hmm.